You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Before we get to our guest, I'd just like to say for those listeners who have generously donated to our appeal for funding to keep Cannabis Health Radio on the air, we thank you for your generosity. Besides appealing to listeners for support, we've begun searching for companies who may want to advertise with us or be a sponsor. That process is ongoing, but so far it has not produced the results we're hoping for, but we'll keep at it. If you would like us to continue Cannabis Health Radio and hear the remarkable stories of people who have used cannabis for treatment of an acute or debilitating disease, then please go to the donate page on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and you can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation for as little as $3 a month. Please go to CannabisHealthRadio.com and make a pledge today. And now let's get to our guest. The Mayo Clinic describes fibromyalgia as a disorder characterized by widespread musculoskeletal pain accompanied by fatigue, sleep, memory, and mood issues. Researchers believe that fibromyalgia amplifies painful sensations by affecting the way your brain processes pain signals. Now, symptoms sometimes begin after a physical trauma, surgery, infection, or significant psychological stress. In other cases, symptoms gradually accumulate over time with no single triggering event. And surprisingly, women are much more likely to develop fibromyalgia than men are. And joining us to tell her story of fibromyalgia and how the use of cannabis has helped her is Diane Rennish of Florida. Diane, thanks for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Diane, when did you first notice that something wasn't quite right with your health? Well, mine was stress-induced with the sale of one house in Michigan in 2002 and the move to Florida. We had to coincide everything, and it was so stressful because we couldn't get the truck and the, the person waiting to move in was sitting out in our car, and it, the truck was late coming, so everything was thrown off. I was so stressed out about that. That's how mine started. I didn't feel it right then, but I felt it after I got back to Michigan and started relaxing after everything was done. And exactly what did you feel, Diane? What were some of the sensations in your body? Oh, it started out, um, I couldn't move too well. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, My body hurt so bad in certain spots. And the doctor did test me for fibro. And I had, I believe, 16 out of 18 spots that they check for the fibro. They were all sore spots, and 
it got to the point where I got so depressed because of the pain constantly that I didn't want to get out of bed. And all I did was cry. It was horrible. Oh, boy. So that's how mine started. So when they test you for fibromyalgia, they they test 18 spots on your body. Is that it? And you were... Yeah, I- I think it's around 18 or 21. I seem to recall I had 16 of them. He did say that I had fibromyalgia, the doctor. As soon as I found that out, I immediately went on uh, Google and looked up fibromyalgia and saw what they were doing for it with all these hardcore drugs. And I said, no way, with all those side effects, no way will I be using those. I did go to the health food store, and I walked in, and I said, what do you have for fibromyalgia? And he walked me over to a product, and it was called Fibro Response, and it had MSM in it. Well, that got me on the road to getting better. The first pills I took cleared my vision. And you do get cloudy vision with fibro when you're in a real bad, bad attack. And then the next day, my pain started uh, getting better. And then I just kept taking them. And then I did see the doctor periodically for it. And he did give me uh, Xanax for to sleep at night. And what you have to do is get into a very deep sleep. With fibromyalgia patients, you cannot sleep sound. So I did take the Xanax for the sleeping problem. Then... I was, we were staying at my son and my daughter and son-in-law's house because we sold our place and we would stay with them in the summer. Well, he has patients that he grows for and he started me on cannabis. Now, mind you, when I was so in so much pain, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even talk to people. It was awful. So then he started me on cannabis, and it started relaxing me. I don't know. It's so long ago. It's hard to remember way back then. But my my depression started going away. Also, the doctor did put me on Soloft to help me handle the pain. So that does help. I did take two pharmaceuticals for it. I am off the Xanax now. I don't take Xanax at all because of the cannabis. That helps you sleep. Are you still on that product, uh, Fibro Response? No, I got better. I got better to the point where I didn't need to take it anymore because I was doing cannabis. Mm -hmm. And that's anti-inflammatory. And that's what fibromyalgia is. You get all this inflammation through your body. So, uh, Diane, are you doing like a a high CBD product then or a high THC? No. 
I did high THC because the THC helps you forget your pain. Okay. I was wondering because of what you were saying about the inflammation, because um, CBD is very good for inflammation. Yes, yes, that it is. But I needed the sativa because I needed to get up and move around. Right, okay. And I do like CBD products. I really do. And I'm looking for a good one to take. So are you taking oil or edibles or smoking or all of the above? I smoke most of the most of the time, but I do make medibles. And the reason being I like the medibles is because it lasts longer in your body. I see. And you can manage your pain with a longer whereas when you're smoking, it's lasting about two hours. So, and then with the metabols, it lasts maybe six to eight hours, which is great. So, let's say it's nighttime then. Would you take um, or have a metabol before you go to sleep then to get you through the night? Or how does that work for you? Yes, because the oil we make, it has both the THC in it and the indica. They're hybrids. Now, I do like a higher THC hybrid than indica because, of course, you're going to be sleepy all the time on more indica in the oil. Yes. And we do make the coconut oil, and we infuse the coconut oil because coconut oil is so good for you. Mm -hmm. Can you explain how you do that? Just briefly outline how you do that for the listeners. Um, you take your coconut put it in a crock pot. Then you take and you take your your medicine or your your flowers. You grind them up or you put them in the oven. Uh, I believe she does. She grinds it first, or uh, you could try it either way. You grind it, put it in the oven, or you put the the bigger buds in the oven, and then you grind it. But I think she grinds it first, and then uh, maybe 20 minutes in the oven at a real low setting. That activates the THC. Okay, yeah, we don't want it at 450 or anything like that. Oh, no, real low for about 20, 20 minutes or so. And then, you're gonna, of course, the coconut oil is melting in your crock pot. Now, you're going to take uh, cheesecloth and to hold the uh, cannabis because uh, we did grind it then. And then you cook it for, I'd say, a good six hours on low, as long as you don't boil it. It's okay. just lightly cooking for about six hours. Okay. And then your oil is going to get very green. So then you do, you take out the cheesecloth, of course, with gloves, and you wring it out. And okay. then you're ready to jar your oil when it cools down. Okay. Do you store it in the fridge? Yes. Okay. Okay. This is sounding similar to a recipe that uh, Peter O'Toole was talking about in his interview mm-hmm. the other day. And I know there's actually instructions on how to make it at seedtocure.org. So that's good for, for listeners to know. Great. It's not hard to make. 
How much do you take a day, for example? Okay, for a, a cookie, uh, if it's a... Okay, now, all vegetables are made differently. It depends on how much is in the recipe, how much oil you use. So some of them call... I look for recipes that call for at least a half a cup. If it calls for a third cup, they're not going to be as strong, and you're going to have to eat more. And another thing with fibromyalgia, you cannot eat any whites. So I do not cook with the white sugar. I use agave syrup instead. I think that cuts down. It's, it's a little more safe for people with fibromyalgia. Whereas the white sugar is really bad for you and the white flour. Now, another thing I cannot take are GMOs. So I don't know if I'm more sensitive because I have fibromyalgia. I do get sick if I eat GMOs. So that's another important thing to think about when you're going on a diet for fibromyalgia. You yourself, you actually avoid um, not just white flour and white sugar. Can you expound on that a bit? Um, White rice. Anything that is white, that's been bleached, that they take the color out of. So it's processed. Anything that is processed is bad for us. Does that help? No, that's great. That's great. Absolutely it does. Diane, how do you feel now being on cannabis for your fibromyalgia? Oh, I feel wonderful. (laughs) I also have scoliosis, so I've got both things going for me. And my spine is like pulling my muscles in different, whatever, different ways. So I do have the fibro and I do have the scoliosis, and I get a lot of muscle pain from both of them. Diane, do you find that it helps with the scoliosis? Oh, it helps immensely. Now, what, oh, yes. what specifically do, do you do for the scoliosis versus the fibromyalgia? Well, I just see a chiropractor for that. Okay. And you do have to find a good one that knows how to work on scoliosis. Now, I did go through a lot of chiropractors here in Florida, but uh, I finally found one <laughs> that knows what he's doing. And a decompression table works for that, too. Explain that. What a decompression table? Okay. Uh, you get on a table, and he straps you in around your waist, and then he sets it on a certain pound for what, uh, how much the person weighs. So what it's doing, it's pulling pulling your spine apart very gently and back again, back and forth, back and forth. What that does, it lets blood flow into those areas that need opening up. And it takes about a good 20 minutes that you're on this table. And then after that, I get an adjustment. And my spine is so curved that the adjustments really don't hold long, but it gets me through my day. And does it give you relief for at least a short period of time? Or Yes, yes. the adjustments do help and the decompression helps. 
for a little bit of time. Okay. Um, but it's like you're fighting a losing cause because the muscles are being pulled and you can't stop it. Another thing that works both for fibro and scoliosis are massages. I found a very good massage therapist. Now, if you want a massage, there's two different kinds. You need to find a therapist, not just a relaxation. Now, I do need deep tissue massage because my muscles get very hard. Now, if if it's just a patient with fibro, they might want the relaxing one. So it's all up to the individual what kind of massage you need for your pain. Diane, what do you think you'd be like now if you hadn't discovered or your your son-in-law hadn't uh, suggested that you try cannabis? Oh, 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 I've got to ask my husband I think I'd be in a wheelchair or I would be in a nursing home or on on opiates or (laughs) I have no clue. I don't even want to think what I'd be like because the cannabis has done it for me. It's really great. It helps with the inflammation. It helps with the pain. I'm a true believer of this herb to help everything. I was in getting um, a stress test, and I do have a tattoo on my inner arm, and it's for breast cancer for my daughter, and I had a cannabis leaf on there. And she said, oh, I like that, a girl after my own heart. And um, she said, it is good for everything. Yeah, and it is. You're a member of Grannies for Grass, are you not? Yes, I'm I'm a poster for Grannies for Grass. Can you explain what this is Grannies for Grass is? We have all different um grannies for different states and I believe that it's international too. Now I just happened to pick Florida because I I live in Florida. Uh, my friend was on uh, Michigan Grannies for Grass, and uh, at the time she got me onto the Florida. So um, I just kept posting. I, I like educating people on what cannabis can do for you, and that's what Florida Grannies for Grass is. It's all about educating people. Even the older people, which really need cannabis, when they get older and get in their senior years, they really need it because you are now coming down with diseases that you can't help with medicine because it only treats the the, symptoms. uh, What's the word I want? Symptoms. The symptoms. It doesn't create a... Uh, oh, what's the word I want? Homeostasis in the body. It, it uh, normalizes uh, the, the regulatory systems of your body. It's interesting listening right. to you talk, Diane, because I was uh, doing a bit of research in fibromyalgia, and I was reading an article that uh, Gooey Rabinsky uh, from California 
wrote, and he says, Cannabis actually has a long history of pain relief, available until the late 1930s as a tincture in every pharmacy in the United States. Marijuana was considered a staple of middle-class medicine cabinets throughout the 19th century and until it was outlawed by the federal government. Before aspirin, a drug that kills thousands of people every year, became popular in the 1920s, an eyedropper full of cannabis tincture applied to the tongue was how people dealt with everything from headaches to sore muscles to broken bones. And I found that very interesting because if you go back and look at the history of of cannabis, it was used for various ailments until the pharmaceutical companies got a hold of our politicians and outlawed it. Yes, which was the worst thing that could have happened to us. Absolutely. Uh, my husband uh, had asthma, and it's he cured it with, with smoking. Would you believe he, he cured it with smoking cannabis? He was on inhalers, two different kinds per day. 30 years. Well, I do know, and I was quite surprised at the time when I first found out uh, that uh, cannabis is a bronchial dilator and is excellent for asthmatics. But, you know, I mean, off the top of your head, you would think the worst thing that an asthmatic could do would be to um, smoke or, you know, uh, vaporize or whatever. But uh, apparently it's very, very effective for asthmatics. Oh, yes. Yes. It, it took it right away. So he was on medication for 30 years until he started smoking uh, cannabis, and now he's off his medication and his asthma's gone. Completely off the inhalers, completely. Wow, that's for impressive. For the last two years, he's been off his inhalers. And he feels a lot better, Isn't I suspect. That wonderful? That's great. It's more than wonderful, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. What uh, what other people have you introduced to cannabis who have been helped by it? Oh, dear. Um, my daughter took the oil for her breast cancer. It did shrink it, and the doctor was flabbergasted. Uh, she's not as outspoken as I am on cannabis because she owns a, a dance studio. So she's got to be a little more quiet about it because she's got all kinds of children that go in there mm-hmm. but um the doctor couldn't believe that it shrunk she looked at it and she says well she said it's not supposed to do this but it's smaller now oh. i would have shout shouted it off the rooftop yeah I took cannabis oil. <laughs> i'd be right there with you Diane, I just want to ask you before you move on and talk about some of the other people that you've seen this help. Was your daughter's breast cancer hormone driven? Yes. And she got it from her own hormones. Did she use a high THC or a high CBD oil? Do you know? Oh, boy. I'm not sure because my son-in-law had some leftover. Somebody gave it to him. I think it was high THC mm-hmm. is what you need for the cancer. Yes. I just had to ask because I'm on a quest when it comes to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Diane. And there are other ways to take uh, the cannabis oil. Um, now, I, being I have fibromyalgia, I think I'm really sensitive to anything that goes in my stomach. 
And I do, when I took it, I upchucked. Now, they are making, you can make suppositories. And that way you do not get high with it. Right. And it works just as good as taking it by your mouth, taking it down your throat. Mm -hmm. Diane, tell me some stories of people who have fibromyalgia who you've uh, talked to and maybe encouraged to try cannabis and it's helped them. Well, my girlfriend here is one of them. I got her <laughs> I got her on cannabis and her doctors say she is doing wonderful to keep doing what she's doing and she told her doctors what she's doing and they said keep on doing it because you are doing wonderful because she used to get laid up for weeks when she had an attack she would be in bed sleeping all the time And I think hers was a little bit uh, more than mine was. Mine I healed pretty well, I believe, with the fibro response that I got from the health food store. got me on the right track. But then the cannabis works, and it's really helped her. I can't say enough how it's helped her. Now, does she take um, the medibles, or in what form does she do it? Uh, she likes to smoke it more. Right. Um, I did get her on some of the medibles, but she, I don't know. She just doesn't like the medibles, I guess. She likes smoking it, and that has worked for her. Well, as long as so it's, it's working. it's all up to what, what you feel when you're taking it. Now, I do like the medibles because they last longer. And you're not consuming as much that way, too. Right. Yeah, it must be fun around your house with all that uh, that cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we laugh a lot. <laughs> good. That's no, awesome. No, that's that's very good. That's that's great to hear. And uh, yeah, they need to laugh too. <laughs> I know it's hard. It's hard for people who do not have fibromyalgia to understand the pain and discomfort that people go through who do have fibromyalgia. Would you agree? Yes, because they don't understand what it feels like, and it's hard to explain the pain to to people that don't have it. It's almost like they don't believe you, and that's hard in itself. Yeah. If someone says, oh, I, I, you know, I, I have a pain, I, I don't feel well, it, it bothers me, people are apt to say, well, just suck it up and get through the day. And you look fine. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And except if, if the pain shows on your face, unless you can hide it. But I couldn't hide it when I was in my acute state. I was just in bed. I was in bed constantly. Tell me what it was like for you, Diane, to explain to other people that you were in pain and have them at least be sympathetic or empathetic to some of the pain that was in your body. That's a hard one because... 
Even if people know about fibromyalgia, they don't understand it. They don't grasp what the feeling is like. It's so hard to explain. You're always in pain. Your different spots in your body, they hurt when you touch them. It's just so hard um, because it's going, it's the muscle that goes into the joint that is inflamed. And it's hard to explain that to somebody. Mm -hmm. Do you you think doctors really understand it as well? I think doctors do. But, again, they're only going to give you pharmaceuticals like Lyrica, which is a heavy-duty drug that you do not want to get on for fibromyalgia. It can cause bad side effects. Yeah. And I think one of them is uh, suicide. Do you know, one of the interesting things that I was reading is from the National Pain Foundation. They had a survey, an online survey of 1,300 people in, in 2014, and they asked people about the effectiveness of cannabis, Cymbalta, Lyrica, and Savella, I think is how you pronounce it. The very effective part of uh, their therapy, cannabis got 62%. Almost two-thirds of the people found it very effective, and the pharmaceutical drugs only got around 10%. Oh, wow. So that speaks So that speaks to exactly what you're talking about in your use of cannabis for your fibromyalgia and your pain. Yes. What would you like to say Diane to people who are listening who have fibromyalgia and may be thinking about taking cannabis but may somewhat may be somewhat reluctant to do so? Oh, I would say try it. Um, if you have a way to get it, uh, now Michigan has caregivers, or if you live in a state with dispensaries, you can go in, get your, well, you can get your card and then go in and try the different strains for the, the fibromyalgia and the bud tenders will know what's what strains to give you for fibromyalgia because it's it's the muscles that it has to treat so they will tell you if you go into a dispensary which one to take now i take sativa because i like it uplifting me so they could try different strains which is good when you go into a dispensary You don't have to get a whole ounce of something. You can just try different strains to see which ones help you. Diane, it was great to talk to you. Uh, Thanks very much for your time, and it's good to hear that you're on the road to recovery and you're doing well in Florida. Oh, thank you. And I hope this helps everybody with fibromyalgia. And maybe even asthma. (laughs) Yeah, and asthma as well. Diane, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye now. Take care. And that's it. It's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. 
visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at the Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.